Hey everybody, welcome to The War on Cars. I'm Aaron Naperstack, and this is the second of a three-part series called Muscle Car City. In part one, back in episode 92 of the podcast, I told you about how in the spring of 2021, I started noticing lots of big, loud muscle cars on New York City streets. And many of these cars had their own Instagram accounts. I began following cars on social media and pretty soon found myself immersed in a whole world and subculture of burnouts, donuts, car meets, and street takeovers. There were lots of things that fascinated me about this scene, but I think the main thing was the way that social media seemed to be supercharging some of the more toxic aspects of car culture. There's nothing new about driving recklessly in a big, loud, obnoxious muscle car, but these guys were driving recklessly with Instagram handles on their cars and posting their exploits on social media. Some of these muscle cars had tens of thousands of followers. They even had sponsors. They were media brands. With a single Instagram post, a popular muscle car account could summon hundreds of cars to any location in the city on a Saturday night. BHB, we outside, baby. One of the cars I was following belonged to a guy who called himself Dennis Demenis. Dennis owned a Dodge Charger in frostbite blue with pink trim and was a member of a car club called the Brooklyn Hemi Boys. In part one, I talked with Dennis and did a little ride along with him. Um. He agreed to take me along to a car meet. But Dennis was a busy guy. His car was in demand for music video shoots. He was driving down to big car meets in Philly and Miami. And he had a full-time job at a bank. Finally, toward the end of July, Dennis got in touch to let me know that the biggest, craziest car meet of the summer was coming up. It would hit 10 or 12 locations, running from Yonkers, just north of New York City, down through the Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn. Dennis said all the big cars were coming. Everybody was going to be there, including me and the war on cars. We've had a bunch of rainy weekends in New York lately, and that means I've been able to wear my official War on Cars Cleverhood anorak a lot. Let me tell you, when people see that logo on the front, it sparks a lot of conversations. But more importantly, it keeps me dry. If the weather is wet and I'm on two wheels or on my own two feet, it is my go-to garment. Now, Cleverhood has just expanded the color options, so you can get your own anorak in verdant green, Pluto Blue, Randy Red, Mr. Pink, or Galactic Black. I just love those names. And when you buy rain gear from Cleverhood, you're supporting a small, independently owned business that also supports organizations involved in the fight to make streets safer, more sustainable, and more equitable. Listeners of The War on Cars receive 15% off their purchase in the Cleverhood store, from the official Anorak to the Rover rain cape and everything in between. 
Visit cleverhood.com slash waroncars and enter code HOLIDAYLIGHTS, that's all one word, at checkout. Cleverhood Rain Gear makes a great gift, and the team, based out of Providence, Rhode Island, will ship your order out fast, so it's ready for whatever holiday you celebrate this season. Again, that's cleverhood.com slash waroncars, coupon code HOLIDAYLIGHTS. Saturday afternoon, July 24th. Dennis and I had a plan, but it was all a little bit vague. At some point that evening, he would come and pick me up, take me to the car meet. I could ride along with him and his team for the night. I ate dinner, gathered my recording gear, and waited at my desk to hear from him. Around 8 p.m., Dennis messaged me on Instagram to tell me that the plan had changed. He was already up in Yonkers and couldn't come pick me up. If I wanted to come, I would have to drive myself, and he would send me the top-secret list of car meet locations in a few hours. This was a bummer for at least two reasons. First, it meant that I would be attending a muscle car meet in a Ford hatchback with Vermont plates and a huge luggage case on the roof. It was going to be tough to blend in and be a fly on the wall. And second, I would be recording an episode of The War on Cars while driving around New York City in my own car. It was a little after midnight when I pulled in to the biggest parking lot I'd ever seen in New York City, a vast expanse of asphalt in the Bronx between a Kmart, a ShopRite, and a Burlington Coat factory, easily the size of three football fields. But it was not the wild scene of burnouts, donuts, and exploding tailpipes that I expected. There were just a few groups of muscle cars parked around the lot. I found Dennis standing with a handful of guys near three cars. Testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. Here with Dennis. The police lights started flashing before I could even put the mic in Dennis's face. The cops were here and they were kicking us out. So, real quick, tell me where we are right now. Uh, somewhere in the Bronx. I haven't been to these locations before. You gotta go. Thank you. We're just having fun, man. Enjoying life. Okay, well, uh, we can call you on tow truck. There's a lot of cops here now. It's always like this. <laughs> when, when, when we do stupid stuff, there's a lot more than this. <laughs> yeah. Do they have like some, because I, I certainly wasn't able to get your addresses. Like, do they have some mole on the inside or how are they get their information? Who, the police? Yeah. I th- it's just random people that you see in the corners and they see a hundred crazy cars. They want to say, oh, I see some crazy stuff over here and we need your help. Uh-huh. We're just out. All right. All right. We got to get the hell out of here. So you're going to spot number four? Yeah. The evening's next location, spot number four was just a few minutes' drive away, a Home Depot parking lot tucked into the crotch of Interstate 95 and the Hutchinson Parkway. I pulled in around 12.30 a.m., and this spot was much more lively. I counted at least 80 cars. The air was thick with the smell of weed. Headlights illuminated the tarmac. Just as I arrived, a driver pulled into an open space in the middle of the parking lot, smashed his gas pedal, and attempted to spin a few donuts. Oh, 
crowd consensus seemed to be this guy didn't know what he was doing. I mean, he was doing it wrong, so that's why. <laughs> he was probably practicing right there. I found Dennis Domenis hanging with his team. At some point since the first time I'd spotted his car three months earlier, Dennis had changed his club affiliation. He wouldn't tell me why, but he was no longer a member of the Brooklyn Hemi Boys. He now had his own club called Forever Loyal Young, or FLY. So what was that? So that was just like, was that kind of like a practice run or a what, like, you know, uh, how, how does it work out here? Yeah, a lot of people practice by themselves and a lot of people practice at smaller meets. Um, there's still like another 200 cars coming. They're on their way. Wow. Um, but for the beginning, the beginner spinners, they start off and then the more experienced spinners, they jump in when there's a lot more people. Gotcha. Now, why did the cops not like follow us here? Were they, they don't care about the spot or something? When Once they don't see you spinning, all they care about is you just to leave. It doesn't matter how long it takes to leave. Once you leave, they don't bother you at all. Will they eventually show up here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like I said, every single spot they show up, it, it doesn't matter if they come in a minute. It doesn't come if they come in two hours. They're still going to show up. Right. This is why we made so many spots. It, end, it can end up the whole day having only three spots. It depends how fast the cops come. Do you feel like kind of dealing with the cops is part of the fun of it, or is it a hassle, or how do you feel about the cops part of it? Uh, sometimes when people get locations, they, they tell the police, and the cops are in every single spot, so it ruins the whole day. But uh, it, it has that adrenaline rush to it. Once you're here for an hour and you did everything and the cops come, now it's like a race to get to the next spot. Right. All right, cool. Hang out, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, just wait till it gets crazy. Yeah. There's going to be fireworks, there's going to be spinners, it's going to be crazy. This is actually the night where they're saying that it's going to be the best meet of the year. Why, why is that? Uh, they got another team coming from New Jersey, a really hot team from New Jersey, and uh, 335, huge guy, and Big Three King, so it's, it's, it's a big meet. I knew those cars from Instagram. Victory Kings had something like 13,000 followers and was sponsored by Royal Posh Auto Spa and Jimmy's Rims and Tires. I'm That 335 had over 36,000 followers, plus a tagline that he uses on almost all of his burnout videos. We are in the movie. Like, we aren't just watching The Fast and Furious, we are The Fast and Furious. You can go to 335's Instagram account and purchase We Are In The Movie merchandise. It's a brand. And now Victory Kings, I see that Instagram handle. Is that a team? Is that a guy? What is that? Uh, it's a guy. and they, It's the same thing like 335. They're both just uh, one person. And they just host really crazy meets. They have so many followers, so a lot of people follow them. And once he throws a meet, everyone is there. So a lot of this is like tied to like sort of social media clout. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the more followers, the more people show up. Like, could this scene exist without social media? No. Social media is the key part. Wow. So what am I seeing here? What what is that? What's going? Uh, just full of donuts, doing good circles. Uh, it messes up the tires, but it's it's that adrenaline rush that everyone wants. 
Well, you can really smell it too, huh? Yeah, as the tire is just getting destroyed. <laughs> Do you like that smell? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. It was the smell that really stood out for me. I'd seen so many of these events on Instagram that I expected the revving engines, the squealing tires, and billowing smoke. But the acrid scent of burnt tire rubber was a surprise. That sickly smell stuck to my clothing and clung to the inside of my nose for the rest of the night. Dennis decided to take a spin. His car was full of passengers, so there's no room for me. I figured for this first one, I would just watch and record. I expected that I would have plenty of other chances that night to get inside Dennis's car if I wanted and go for a spin myself. Dennis rumbled into the middle of the parking lot. A crowd gathered in a circle around his car. Phones up, filming. All right, so Dennis is making a run here. Yes, sir. Open that circle up. spun in circles, his rear bumper at times nearly brushing against the crowd. He spun about eight donuts. As soon as Dennis finished, other cars lined up to take their own turns. The evening's burnouts had begun. All right, Dennis, you did your run. How'd you feel about that one? Huh? How'd you feel about that run? It's the, it's the adrenaline, it, because the thing is with me, when I spin, I try to go as close as possible to everyone in the circle. So I scare everybody and I hype them up at the same time. So once I go, a lot of people go right after me. Do you, do you feel like your car is pretty well known like at this point? I think so. <laughs> with my rap and with the design of it, a lot of people already know who I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, I mean, you, you definitely were coming close to those people yeah. over there. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you're not worried about hitting anybody? No, you get used to it. I used to do it really close so that I was nowhere near anybody. But now I got so used to it, and so not not professional just yet, but a lot of people know what they're doing. Cops are here. <laughs> oh, man. Did you catch that at the end? Dennis said, cops are here. A police car had entered the parking lot and turned on its lights. You could feel the change in the crowd almost instantaneously. Suddenly, everyone was running back to their cars, trying to get out of the parking lot as quickly as they could. Oh, so now people are like literally running away. Yeah, because now we're, we're, we're actually spinning. <laughs> oh, I see. So we could get in trouble now? No. Well, like I said, they, they don't see how they don't get out of the car. They just want everyone to leave. If you don't leave, then it's a problem. Oh. Now it's the fifth spot. And I think there's about 11 or 12 spots. <laughs> it was an interesting policing strategy, to say the least. The dangerous cars and many intoxicated drivers had been confined to this Home Depot parking lot, somewhat in the middle of nowhere. Now the police were pushing all of these cars and drivers back out onto public streets and highways. It didn't make a ton of sense. Damn, people really get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> this is like scattered. Yeah. I mean, some, some of them, they just started to get in this car scene. So as soon as they see the police, they just, they're scared. But once you be in the car scene a lot, you realize that, see how there's still not a lot of people moving because they know the cops are just sitting in the corner and they're waiting for you to leave. They're not gonna, right. one police car is not gonna stop 300 cars. <laughs> it took almost 15 minutes to exit the parking lot. 
It was a lot like leaving a stadium after a big game. After sitting in traffic for a while, I finally made my way back onto the expressway, crossing over from the Bronx to Queens. Muscle cars zipping past me at high speed. Driving over the Whitestone Bridge. Okay, across the Whitestone, now we're in Queens. Dennis was up ahead, pinging my phone with messages. The cops, he said, were already at spots five and six. Okay, so skipped spot number five. There were cops at number six. Now we're going straight to spot number seven uh, near the Arthur Ashe Tennis Center, uh, somewhere over around the U.S. Open area. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Spot number seven was a small overflow parking lot for the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament, hemmed in on three sides by highways. I exited the expressway and immediately found myself in a gridlocked mass of hundreds of cars, slowly winding their way through a spaghetti bowl of access roads. Google Maps was freaking out, switching directions every few seconds, seemingly baffled by the sudden appearance of a massive traffic jam at a time and in a place where there should have been none. As Google Maps sent our convoy on a long, slow ride to nowhere, a dozen guys riding ATVs, those four-wheel motorbikes, whizzed past me on all sides. Suddenly, an SUV lurched forward like it was going to smash into one of the motorbikes head-on. One of the ATV riders veered to his left and crashed into a chain-link fence. The doors of the SUV flew open and four uniformed NYPD officers jumped out. The ATV rider abandoned his bike, sprinted across a highway access road, and disappeared into the night. The cops didn't run after him. They seemed satisfied with having captured the ATV. After about 20 painful minutes, inching along through Flushing Meadows, I got another text from Dennis. It was simply the number eight. That was it. Spot number seven was done. I never even found spot number seven, and I don't think anyone did. All right, so that spot, Flushing Meadows, didn't work out. Now we're on to spot eight. This is basically just a lot of driving around. Uh, It's not my favorite thing. Spot number eight was yet another Home Depot parking lot, this one near the Sunnyside Rail Yard in Queens. Back on the expressway again, I found myself stuck in yet another traffic jam. Okay, I'm on um, the Grand Central Parkway, and there are a bunch of, looks like, ambulances or police cars up ahead. A bit of a traffic jam. Traffic jam looks fresh, like it just started, and it wouldn't surprise me if one of our guys here managed to get in a car crash just ahead. The expressway narrowed down from four lanes to just one. Traffic slowed to a crawl. On my left, police examined the aftermath of a big crash. I saw a minivan, a box truck, and a small sedan. No muscle cars. But hundreds of car meet participants had just ripped through here minutes before. Did one of them cause the crash? I couldn't know. But if a speeding muscle car did cause this crash, there was a decent chance that video of it would soon be posted on Instagram. A popular account called Team No Hesitation posts videos of drivers filming themselves weaving in and out of traffic at high speed on New York area expressways. 
you manage to film a good video without crashing, you are white line certified. If you do film yourself crashing, then your video can be posted on an even more popular Instagram account called Team Maxos. Nah, not knowing how to drive is crazy. Team Maxos. To Mac is to crash. And in the world of muscle car social media, crashes are great content. Boy, where was you going? So it's uh, 1.50 a.m. Just got off. Um, God, I don't even know where I am. Finally, I exited the expressway and joined the tail end of a column of vehicles rumbling through a Queens neighborhood called Woodside. Anyone trying to sleep had to be extremely unhappy. The din of spot number eight was clearly audible from a half a mile away. The revving engines, the squealing tires, the popping tailpipes, honking horns grew louder as I approached. Spot number eight was huge. Hundreds of cars and spectators. On five-lane Northern Boulevard, swarms of impatient, aggressive drivers tried to jam their cars into an already packed Home Depot parking lot. I pulled down a side street, parked a few blocks away, and jogged back. All right, so instead of trying to get into the Home Depot parking lot, parked across the street, now I got across the street. I might die doing that. Oh, there's Dennis Menace himself. It was Dennis, stuck in traffic, trying to cram his way into the Home Depot parking lot. I hadn't seen him in hours, and I realized at that point, I was never gonna get to spin in Dennis's car. This was it. We waved a greeting to each other, and it would be the last I'd see of him. I could get a good view of the car meet on the roof of a parking garage next door. I hustled up a ramp as cars screeched past me. Gotta be hundreds of people in this Home Depot parking lot. Smells. Smells like burning tires everywhere. Once I was up on the roof of the parking garage, the car meet was spread out before me. And finally, it felt like I had arrived. A black Dodge Charger and a silver pickup truck spun donuts around a red car. I recognized other cars in the crowd from Instagram, celebrity cars. Headlight beams cut every which way through clouds of exhaust and burning rubber. Hundreds of spectators encircled the spinning cars, seemingly everyone with a phone up and filming. They were in the movie. They were making the movie. Suddenly, red and blue police lights flashed at the entrance of the parking lot. And here come the cops. The spinning stopped immediately and the crowd began scattering, running back to their cars, honking to exit the parking lot. The NYPD had arrived, and just like that, spot number eight was over. I turned to a guy next to me with a trim goatee. He was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. He held a mountain bike with a notable set of bike balls hanging from the back of his seat. You know, 
the bicycle version of truck nuts, silicone testicles with LED lights inside for visibility at night. You go, you go to a lot of these? Bro, this is amazing. This is uh, since I've been young in New York City. This in a drag racing fashion. But now we're doing the burnout culture. I love it, bro. His name was Tony Touch. He was from Bushwick, Brooklyn. But this is great for New York City. I mean, I know it's crazy and it's dangerous, yeah. but people need some version of like escapism. They have a lot of pent up energy. So, you know, rather than turn into drugs or anything like that, look at this, how beautiful this looks right now. <laughs> this is a Home Depot parking lot where people buy plumbing equipment for, you know, you know, but they just turned, look how beautiful some of these cars are. Like these dudes probably live in their parents' house, but they got nice cars. Like this is cool, I, you gotta admire it. Just to know that there's a community. And if anybody wants to understand the importance of right now in what we're going through as a society, community is important. If it's this version of it, you know, it involves adrenaline, it involves a whole bunch of energy, man. All these people are passionate about something. And the fact that, what time is it right? Yo, it's like 40 in the morning. And people are fucking live. Look, there's people standing outside the cars. Yo, and they're throwing fireworks. This is, come on, bro. If I had come out here trying to understand why people were drawn to this scene, Tony Touch gave me the best and most generous answer I was going to get. It was 40 in the morning, and I was tired. There was one last spot on my list. Spot number 10 was a dramatic location beneath a big highway bridge surrounded by towering concrete columns. I'd seen lots of Instagram videos filmed there. I was sleepy and feeling done with this, but it was on my way home, so I figured one last spot, why not? There was no way I was ever going to do this again. Okay, it's 2.20 a.m. I'm on the BQE. I'm heading to the 10th and final location on the list in Brooklyn. I'm tired. It's a lot of driving. I regretted the decision to go to spot number 10 the moment. I exited the expressway and found myself in yet another huge traffic jam. This one, the worst yet. A seemingly infinite line of cars inching their way through an urban industrial wasteland. I wasn't making much progress in the car, so about three quarters of a mile from the spot, I pulled over and started walking. This was a questionable move. Frustrated drivers were going every which way, reversing down one-way streets, speeding toward me on the sidewalk. No one else was out there walking but me. By the time I rounded the corner to spot number 10, it was clear that the summer's biggest car meet was over. Police lights flashed at the end of the street, and a bunch of officers stood around as car meet participants came and went. I figured there was no way the cops would talk to me, but I'd give it a shot. Howdy. So this is like a pretty regular thing? Yeah, we're not allowed to talk oh, okay. to you. Okay. <laughs> Can I just get like an officer? You gotta go call DCPI with the job. Yeah, 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 they'll never talk to me. <laughs> DCPI is the NYPD's public information office. In my experience, they're best known for not giving information to the public, certainly not to me. 
I left my tape recorder running, but didn't put my microphone in the police officer's face. So if the rest of this is a little bit muffled, I'll translate where needed. Do you get that? Put two and two together. In all reality, they're not hurting anybody. Remember Rocky when he was chasing the chicken around the yard? That's all it is. Then you catch the chicken. I want you to try, listen to me. I want you to try to, to chase this little chicken. Well, what do I got to chase a chicken for? It's embarrassing, you know? First, because I said so. And second, because chicken chasing is how we always used to train in the old days. Yeah. You catch this thing, you can catch grease lightning. Ready? Yeah, well, it was almost 3 a.m., and I was done chasing the chicken. All right, I got to go to bed. I'm tired for this. That's my bedtime. Good night. And that was it. The biggest, craziest car meet of the summer was over. All that was left to do was get back in my car, sit in traffic for a while, and drive. Same as I'd been doing all night. That's it for part two of Muscle Car City. Thanks for coming along for the ride. In part three, Doug, Sarah, and I are going to break it all down and talk about it. There's a lot to discuss, and you're not going to want to miss it. Please support The War on Cars on Patreon. Go to thewaroncars.org, click support us, and enlist today. Starting at just $3 per month, you'll get access to exclusive bonus content. We'll send you stickers and other great stuff. Check out the War on Cars store for t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and lots of other merchandise. Special thanks to our friends at Cleverhood. For 15% off on the best rain capes and anoraks, use coupon code HOLIDAYLIGHTS when you check out. And thanks as always to our top Patreon supporters, Charlie G of Human Powered Law in Portland, Oregon, the law office of Vaccaro and White in New York City, Virginia Baker, James Doyle, and Martin Mignot. I'm Aaron Napperstack. On behalf of my co-hosts, Doug Gordon and Sarah Goodyear, this is The War on Cars. You know how it is. How you doing? What are you doing out here tonight? We're just uh, vibing, All seeing right, what's man. up, trying not to get deported, but um, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just recording. Are you the one calling the cops on us? 